Do you find the whole concept of PR for your pet photography business just utterly overwhelming? Pitching, profile raising, publicity, where are you supposed to start? Who are you supposed to contact? What on earth are you even supposed to say? So you bury your head in the sand of your business and you tell yourself that you really don't need to worry about PR anyway. The thing is though, it could be huge for you and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Tune into our interview today with Zoe Hildemark, a PR and marketing expert who works exclusively with professional photographers. Her mission is to help photographers become PR savvy, gain visibility and grow a loyal audience. And she's sharing all of her best tips in today's episode. It is time to get that head out of the sand and see how you could use PR strategies to grow your business. I'm Caitlin J. McCall and I'm joined by my co-host, Kirsty McConnell. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick-arse business strategies. Now on to the show. I, I would have guessed that you were originally a photographer yourself, but when I read through your bio, that was um, actually wrong. So maybe you can give a little bit of an um, yeah, intro to what led you into helping our industry in, in particular. Yes, you're absolutely right. I'm not a photographer, um, never have been. Hopefully, um, you know, it's something I'll dabble in in the future because I do love photography and I love being surrounded by um, beautiful photographs. But no, I'm not a photographer. My background is purely in PR and marketing. So uh, back in the day, I went to university and studied communication and media and that involved PR. Um, I studied a little bit of psychology and I just found it also fascinating how um, PR and marketing works really and how it can help uh, businesses to promote themselves. So yeah, after a bit of a stint around the world, um, got my first PR job um, and absolutely loved it. I learned literally from the ground up. I was um, using what I learned at university, but really in a practical sense, I didn't really know how um, what I knew was going to help businesses. But I quickly learned that with a bit of um, oxygen of publicity, you know, businesses can really raise their profile. And that's really powerful, um, helps them to stand out from the crowd and, yeah, just to build really important brand awareness. So I quickly got addicted. Um, I loved PR and just really over the course of the following 10 years kind of developed um, more experience specialized in homes and interiors for a while worked within a luxury brand based here in the UK um, as well as worked in agency and then became PR director at a marketing agency um, but then what happened was I had my first child in 2012 and, and this was when really the photography um, aspect kicked in because I had my first son I wanted some beautiful newborn photographs of him and found a photographer um, local to where I live um, a lady called Karen Wiltshire, whose work absolutely stood out from the crowd, I felt, um, locally. And this was, like I say, back in 2012. So it was popular, newborn photography, but not at all to the extent that it is now. Um, and anyway, we, she created some absolutely stunning pictures uh, of my son, which I loved. And we struck up a good, good vibe between us. Um, and I sort of said to her that... I really feel that her work is so stunning that she really could be doing more with her marketing. So how it really kicked off was that we started working together after I finished um, my maternity leave. And she was so blown away um, with the press coverage and bits and pieces I was doing for her for her website and her blog that she kindly recommended me to other photographers. 
Um, and then really the word just started spreading. So I'm, I'm very grateful to Karen for sort of helping me to kind of make my way into the photography industry. But I just realized that, you know, with the majority of my clients uh, very quickly being photographers, what was the point in not specializing? So, so yeah, from there on in, I decided to put my stake in the ground. I'm going to just do photography, PR and marketing. Um, and I've been doing that now for, yeah, nearly uh, what, six years. And then in total, I've been doing marketing and PR for 17 years, but I absolutely love it. And I love having this beautiful niche to, to work with them. Well, you're talking to pet photographers here, so we're definitely big believers in the power of niching down. I'm really interested to know what it's been like working with artists, with photographers. Do you find that different than working with, you know, typical quote unquote businesses? I feel like the stereotype is for artists, photographers, that kind of thing, not to be so business inclined, although not our listeners. But yeah, I was just wondering whether or not that's something that you've dealt with over the years. Um, no, not at all, because I think the people who choose to come and work with me, they've already got their um, heads into that kind of mentality of marketing mm-hmm. is important. I need to do this. Um, I have worked with um, artists and creatives of, of all different sorts over my career, um, promoted art events and worked with individual um, visual artists. And, and, you know, I have then been exposed to people who haven't quite got that mindset Um, and perhaps it has been a little bit more tricky to work with those kind of individuals but no I feel like when I work with a photographer um, certainly now anyway and I think there is such more um, awareness of the fact that marketing is absolutely crucial Um, you can be the best photographer in the world but if your marketing completely sucks then you know no one's going to know about you potentially so I think the the people I work with anyway um, luckily are kind of up for it and you know ready to invest in and throw um, a lot of effort towards marketing which which really helps and makes my life easier (laughs) definitely it's much harder if you have to um tackle the mindset part first um but since your specialty is pr um yeah i mean totally makes sense and your um kind of uh road into what you're specializing in now um seems like you've you know you really could be the perfect person to help photographers. I mean, you obviously have um, a strong respect for what we do, which I think is the most important part, you know, that you actually value photography yourself so then you can help us. Um, And also you mentioned that you did some stuff with homes and interiors and I feel like for domestic photographers like ourselves where we're selling direct to the consumer um, who are then going to put it in their home and interior, um, that background must come in handy a little bit as well. Do you find that, Zoe? Yes, definitely. Um, I'm so grateful for that aspect of my sort of career background, really, because and that was a luxury brand as well. So it really was um, and it was international PR as well as national. So it really gave me a really good um, bit of experience. But just working with a luxury brand is a certain, um, you know, sort of quality to it, obviously. And therefore, I was able to emulate that. And I I do refer to that uh, when I'm helping uh, photographers you know perhaps pitch why their clients should invest in wall art for example and, and so yeah I do draw on different aspects of my background and experience definitely in my day to day I imagine um so maybe we could um sort of 
get a bit of an idea like why somebody would call you in the first place and then maybe like an example of what your process would look like with that photographer um you know are they calling just for one specific campaign like um they've just created a copy table book which a lot of our um our listeners have done because Caitlin has a a uh, pro- uh, program for that and then they just want help with that or are they looking for all-rounded marketing um and pr zoe yeah sure it could actually be a little bit of both um because about a year and a half ago i got contacted by a wildlife photographer who creates absolutely stunning work goes out to um, the Masai Mara in kenya um, many times every year um, and photographs all the beautiful wildlife there and then he had a fine art um, coffee table book that he wanted to promote so that was an example of a specific one-off project uh, we worked together for over a year actually on it but in terms of actually promoting that that was a specific goal that we had to promote the book um, secure editorials that allowed people to be aware of his work and then ultimately to, to pitch the book um, as like a perfect gift or something that they could buy. But equally and more often, actually, I work with uh, photographers on like a retained basis whereby it is a long term relationship. Um, it is like I say, it's, they've come to me because they, they realize the importance of PR marketing and they also appreciate that it's not just a one off um, thing that you do. It's not just something necessarily you do when you launch your business and then never do it again. It is something that's a sustained effort, really something that you should um, prioritize in your business I feel Um, and so we work together in long term so it's not uncommon for me to work with a photographer for a year two years even in the case of with Karen we worked together consistently for like six years Um, so yeah it was it's it's kind of like a mixture of both so let's take it's Karen isn't it you're the photographer that you first spoke with Yeah. yeah yeah so let's take Karen for example I mean six years it seems like um I mean, obviously you're adding a lot of value to her business. Um, So what kind of things are you doing for her that she comes to you regularly? I mean, is she often doing like media releases or is it more like blogging and, and social media or something? Yeah, it's, it's a combination again of both. But, and that's what I love to do because I think PR is so, so important. But actually, if you don't have the foundations um, and, and the content and a really well-optimized website, ultimately all the PR in the world, it's going to drive traffic potentially to that site. But then you're going to lose people if you don't have an impressive um, you know, shop front, so to speak. So I was really keen for Karen to invest in her blog and she totally was on board with that as well. And as are all my clients, they, they come to understand, even if they don't understand when they first contact me, uh, they come to understand that it's all part of a bigger picture. And one thing um, has to work in harmony with the other. So I do believe that PR can um, work its magic in its own right. But I totally believe that, you know, you should have all these pieces working together uh, simultaneously. So yes, in answer to your question, it would be sort of blog content. And I do help photographers kind of put a strategy behind the content that they create. I do find that photographers and creatives and and also just business owners in general, they know that they should be blogging perhaps um, or creating content, but, you know, they get overwhelmed. They don't know what kind of content to create and they end up kind of just getting completely flustered and, and don't know what to do. And then maybe they create content, but it's not actually strategically focused and actually helping them to kind of nurture the customer um you know towards making a sale it might just be content that raises awareness of 
of, of them, but it doesn't talk necessarily so much about their services or how they can specifically help through their photography. So, so there is a need for a strategy behind content, and that's definitely what I help clients with. And then it's not just that strategy piece, actually, but the actual content creation side, so optimizing their website for them um, through, yeah, well-written copy um, that obviously matches their brand and conveys the messages that, you know, are going to attract people to their business. So short of, you know, hiring you, (laughs) um, do you have any tips for photographers who, as you say, know that they should be creating more content um, and putting more work out there, but they don't? have a strategy they don't have anywhere to start um any hints for where where they can sort of start putting a foot in the door there yeah absolutely um i mean i'm so passionate about photographers actually doing this for themselves um you know because ultimately um we all need to be doing this and we can't all outsource i totally get that so i'm really um hoping to help and inspire photographers, whatever their budget, whether the zero budget for marketing or, you know, whether they do have a budget for outsourcing, there's so many things you can do yourself. That's absolutely true. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of PR, if you're wanting to get featured in the media, you know, the first thing you want to think about is actually what is it that you're trying to achieve in the case of that, say, book project that I just spoke about before, you know, ultimately the objective there was to raise awareness of this product products that people could buy um is it actually just instead more just an awareness raising exercise so it depends what your objective is um if you've got an exhibition that you want to promote you know obviously that's going to inform ultimately then the media the actual outlets the publications that you go to reach out to uh because what i don't advocate is any kind of like scattergun approach to media and just any old media anyone will quote me anyone will mention me i don't recommend that at all again there's got to be a bit of a strategy behind it but all you need to do is really have a think about who is it that you're trying to reach and ultimately what your objective is. And then that's going to totally inform the media that you want to reach out to. And from there on in, whilst it can be quite a time consuming task, you just need to do your research. You need to look at these publications. And I don't mean just like have a quick look at the cover and a quick flick through you really need to get to know the media if we're talking about magazines that is um flick through these magazines on a regular basis you know read the news check out the newspapers um and it's the same with blogs and you know if you wanted to pitch yourself onto a podcast it's the same thing you know so make sure that you're fully up to speed with what they cover check obviously that it's relevant to that target audience that you're ultimately trying to um, reach out to Uh, but really get familiar to the point where you can imagine where your own stories your own photography could fit into that publication because if you just approach a journalist with a very vague general kind of pitch oh would you like to cover my photography you know that kind of thing that is absolutely just going to get ignored if though, if you've identified that there's a regular feature or a um, you know a particular journalist who perhaps you know is a pet lover themselves, maybe they write about their pet, um, someone who covers pet-based uh, stories on a regular basis, you know, instantly, if you pitch to them and sort of demonstrate that you're aware of, of that fact, that you follow their publication, that you read it, um, you know, you enjoy what they write, then instantly you, you can build a little bit more of a rapport um, in your email pitch and potentially have a bit more success. So, it, yeah, ultimately, I'm sort of saying really know your objectives, know what you're trying to achieve, know who the audience is that you're trying to reach. Um, and then also then that will inform the media and then get to know the media ultimately. 
Oh, that's a great piece of advice. So we could potentially compile a list of contacts in the media that we go to whenever we have um, something coming up in our business. Now, I want to know how in depth do we have to go when we are contacting them? Do we just, you know, send them a quick email saying, hey, this is going on? Or are we supposed to be sending them an entire story that they could use? Like what, what's sort of the etiquette there? That's a great question. Yeah. So, um, yeah, absolutely. So having done that research that I just suggested, you'd be building up what we call a media list. So really a target list. And and you want to get the detail of the journalist name, the email address, as much information as you can. Um, I, you know, create a spreadsheet in Excel or, you know, Trello or whatever the system is that you use, but keep a record. Um, But then in terms of what you pitch, when I say pitch, I mean an actual approach, um, always pretty much these days done by email. Back in the day, I remember ringing journalists, um, sometimes like hundreds a day, uh, back in my agency days, right oh. in the beginning of my career, <laughs> uh, getting on the phones and trying to speak to the journalists, but they would just absolutely hate that now. Generally, uh, journalists are way too busy um, to be taking phone calls from PRs or business owners, and they much prefer an email um, approach initially. And then, of course, if they're interested in the story, then they can potentially come back to you and take it from there. And you might then go on to have a phone conversation, perhaps a, an interview. Um, you might even be invited to a photography studio in um, you know, your city and, and kind of have a photo shoot to go with a feature. It depends what, what kind of um, PR article is going to come off the back of it. But ultimately, it comes down to an initial email approach. Um, And in terms of your question about how much should you write, I would never say that you should write the whole article and then say, do you want to use my article? Um, Absolutely. Just sow the seed of what it is that you could offer them. Ultimately, your pitch is really all about trying to get their initial interest. Um, as I probably hope you can imagine, like there's so many photographers trying to get the attention of um, perhaps their local or regional media, um, and you've got other business industries um, to fight against as well. So getting the attention of a particular journalist is really hard, and to stand out in their inbox, you've got to um, you know give them some quick uh, relevant information. They have potentially got only like half a second to kind of open your email, decide if it's relevant and if they're interested in what you're trying to pitch to them. So it's all about an engaging um, subject line and also keeping, like I say, the details short and sharp, really nice and succinct, but also convey the value and obviously what you can offer. Don't sell yourself short, but they also don't want, you know, chapter and verse as well because they're just not going to read it. Um, and we want them to read it and we want them to, you know, be intrigued to find out more. So Zoe, you just mentioned um, an intriguing subject line. So would you be able to give maybe an example of, you know, what kind of, yeah, what kind of thing you would put in a subject line if it was for, say, you know, a book launch as an example? Yeah, so what I would always recommend is that um, you always start the email, if it's a pitch, um, it's like a, you're pitching an idea, so you could say maybe feature pitch or idea pitch and then a semicolon and then a title. The title would be, um, for example, in the case of that wildlife book that I was working on, the, the, the point of differentiation about that particular photographer was that he did really, his name's Graham Purdy, um, and he, he did some amazing, amazing, super close-up, Uh, portraits of these wild animals and the whole concept of his book was that it was um, images a collection of images taken within eight feet or less 
of the animal. So I think with the subject pitch, uh, subject type, sorry, it needs to be really sort of going straight in with what the differentiator is between you and, and potentially any other photographer out there. So certainly I would have done something like um, feature pitch or expert pitch, um, you know, a wildlife photographer getting close to um, wildlife less than eight feet, something along those lines. You really want to get the differentiator in that subject line. Um, that wouldn't have been the exact wording, but yeah, if I hope you get my point that it would be something that makes them think, hmm, What's, what's all that about then? Um, so really conveying conveying that USP really, that you point of difference. Mm-hmm. So actually that um, subject line you just gave is actually pretty long and I would have assumed that you want to keep it like um, super short, like a couple of words, but actually no, you put like a full sentence. Um, so there's not really a, um, a length that you're trying to stick under, like one sentence is fine. Yeah, I mean, I think generally keep it as short as you can, um, but it's very hard to convey, like I've just said, like a point of difference in literally a couple of words. So you've got to play around with it. If I was writing that, I might have spent far more time actually getting that perfect. But, um, you know, in terms of there being a perfect length, there isn't a set amount of words or anything that you should or shouldn't use. You've really just got to get the, the main point across. But yeah, as a general rule, as short as possible so that they can scan read it in their inbox, as you can imagine. Like I say, they've got hundreds in their inbox every day. They want to kind of quickly flick through and kind of get to the gist of it. Um, but yeah, like there's no set formula. Um, just just get it get it as clearly across as possible. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you've um, reached out to a journalist, for example, and uh, and actually run your story. I imagine then you have a decent relationship. Um, that you should be able to come back to uh, later on if you have another story to pitch, right? Um, so do you do anything to kind of nurture that relationship along the way in between stories? Is there kind of anything you can do or is it just a matter of making sure that when you do interact with them that you're, you know, professional and, and conscious of their time, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head there in regards to it's all about relationships. It absolutely is. Um, You should completely be uh, respectful of their time. And this is kind of why we're not going to bother them with a really long uh, email pitch. Like I've just said, we really need to respect their time, the fact that they're super busy and they're pulled in 101 directions um, every day. And and like I said as well, like the teams are on on particularly uh, print media, the teams have kind of gone in half over the last decade. Um, and journalists are being required to do far more work than they ever have before. So they, they have even less time than they ever have. So being respectful of them um, is really important. And, you know, they want to be um, responded to. If they're interested in your pitch, the last thing that you should do is kind of like leave their email um, and not get back to them quickly. When it comes to like pitching and working with journalists, um, you've really got to be responsive and help them out. You've really got I like to say that you've got to serve journalists, make them like a priority um, and really help them. And then, of course, if you can do some extra things to nurture that relationship over time, then all the better, because longer term, you 
potentially might be the expert that they come back to if they, um, you know, you're top of mind and they think of you, oh, they could help me, um, then more opportunities might come to you in the future. So that whole relationship building piece is really important. Um, and if you can, you know, keep in contact with them, like you say, after a piece has been published or even in the lead up to um, and afterwards, you know, it's it's something that's really going to um, help you in the longer term because you just want to ultimately stay top of mind. And if they are working on anything that you might be able to help with, you know, you want to be that first photographer, that first business owner that they get in touch with. Um, you'll find that a lot of journalists spend a lot of time on Twitter. So if as a photographer, you might not feel that Twitter's maybe the most obvious platform to use, but I would definitely recommend that, um, you know, your listeners get onto Twitter if they aren't on there already and start listening to what's being shared by journalists because a great thing that you can do to sort of help nurture that relationship and build that um, awareness and, and become more top of mind is to actually look at the content, look, see what they're sharing and engage with it. And all the better if you can be helping them if they're calling out for um, you know some information or they actually want um, some assistance and you can provide that, then absolutely do that because they'll notice you you know, and they'll, they'll maybe um, start to follow you. And then, you know, this is where the relationship can then potentially blossom. That is such a great tip, Zoe. I have to admit that I ditched Twitter years ago when I realized my potential clients weren't there. They're more on, you know, the Instagram, Facebook, that kind of stuff. The Instagram, I sound like 80 years old. Um, but I hadn't even considered keeping Twitter around for a means with communicating with the media. So I might have to go ahead and reactivate that account actually. Now, I think that's a perfect place for us to wrap up part one of this interview. If you're a member of the Pet Photographers Club, definitely tune into the extended episode. We've got another 20 minutes or so of chatting with Zoe. And I'm really keen for us to dive into sort of the nitty gritty of this PR strategy. Like how does it differ if we're talking to radio, for example, or to TV? And what are the lead times? What like I, I, I want to get into these details, Zoe, which I know that you're happy to share with us. So thank you. Um, if you're not a member of the Pet Photographers Club yet, you can join. It's only $10 a month and it goes a long, long way to helping support this podcast. Head on over to the petphotographersclub.com forward slash join to find out more there. And you can check out the show notes from this episode at thepetphotographersclub.com forward slash podcast forward slash 0906 for season nine, episode six. We will have a link to Zoe's website, obviously, but also to her blog specifically, which I highly, highly recommend you check out. She has so many articles on there with all sorts of different tips about PR strategies, media strategies, content marketing tips, specifically for photographers. Zoe is so generous with her knowledge. So thank you for that, Zoe. Um, and we will also put a link in the show notes to her Facebook group, which is really, really great to be involved in as well. That's a PR savvy photographers Facebook group. If you just want to type that into Facebook as well. Um, but yeah, highly recommend you go check out that website zoe is an absolute expert as i'm sure you've already gathered and we're so appreciative of her for coming onto the show thanks for listening to the pet photographers club to subscribe to the podcast check out other episodes and keep up to date head to the pet